The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, I have a really wonderful treat for you today, especially if you've got stress. Now, let's see. (laughs) Who doesn't have stress these days? Whether you're worried about finding a soulmate with crazy online dating or worrying about your family or your friends or finances or about terrorism or other chaos in the world, we are all pretty much stressed to the max these days, except for my guest, (laughs) because she has found the key to um, de-stressing in a very marvelous, magical way, and it did not come about easily uh, discovering this, but certainly um, she's going to tell us today about what her life was like before, what, what, what process she went through, and how you too can um, find this same way. So today we're, the show is called Learn to Meditate with Animals. Now, I know some of you, when you hear hear the word meditate, myself included, (laughs) um, you think, oh, my God, it's so hard. How do you sit there and not think of anything? Because that's what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be present. And, yes, it is hard. But um, today, actually, uh, Pamela has um, ways of making it a lot easier. But let's first hear about her story, which is amazing. And, again, her book, her new book is called Meditating with Animals, how to Create More Conscious Connections with the Healers and Teachers Among Us. Now, I'm sure that many of you, if not most of you, have pets. I certainly do, and I've, had, I've always had for years. Um, and so the answer to your stress <laughs> may be sitting right there on your couch or in your house somewhere or in your backyard. So you've got to listen to this. So welcome to the show, Pamela. Hi. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So let's, before we get into this whole beautiful, magical discovery, I want my listeners to understand, and I want to understand, what your life was like before and what you went through, that, uh, the traumas the, that, that set you on this path and how you learned what you did about meditating with animals. And then, of course, um, you know, then we all want to know how to do it. So let's start <laughs> with your life beforehand. Okay. Um, well, I do believe that it starts pretty, pretty fairly young um, in that I always felt that I was born into the wrong 
family. I lived in a, in a, in a home that was very loud and chaotic. Um, there was a lot of screaming and yelling and disruption. And from a very early age, I definitely found solace in nature and animals. And so that had has stayed with me throughout my entire life. I left home when I was 18. I moved to Manhattan. I worked in the advertising industry for many years, moved to Chicago, uh, started my own design business, um, found uh, really good success with that, and then had an opportunity to move to Mexico. Uh, I got married. We went on our honeymoon. We ended up staying uh, in Playa del Carmen, Mexico, and built what turned wait, out wait, to be wait. the largest... You, wait a second. Yeah. You went on a honeymoon in Mexico, <laughs> and you and your husband decided to stay there. Yes. And, <laughs> okay. Uh, but I'll tell you that I have... Um, we are all psychic and have experiences, but I had a download that basically foretold the following five, the, the upcoming five years of our life. Uh-huh. I was sitting in our loft in Chicago. I was on a website. We were going to move from Chicago to California for our honeymoon, and everybody kept telling us to go to Playa del Carmen, Mexico. It was the hmm. weirdest thing, and so we couldn't ignore that. And so that's where we ended up going on our honeymoon, and I was looking at places hotels to stay in, came across this one that people kept mentioning. And I said, okay, well, we'll go there. And I clicked on their website and I said, you know, this place needs like marketing help and whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why is everyone sending us here? Mm-hmm. And so I looked on their help wanted uh, page and there was an ad for a couple to sell condominiums to do marketing and advertising for their bar restaurant and all that I said well this is what we're going to do we're going to go down there we're going to end up um, becoming partners taking over um, you know and growing this business and selling all the condos and that was literally the next five years of our life Wow! and so we went down there we made a deal uh, with the then owner who was an American who'd been down there for 20 years and Hmm. it was magical the first two years um, and then Mexico changed pretty dramatically, uh, quickly, uh, with the drug cartels and things like that. And we had grown this business from being a couple hundred people through it a night to the entire street growing into the nightclub district and our club having thousands of people through it um, with several DJs, um, international DJs playing and 10-day music festivals and all kinds of things. So it actually got um, really overwhelming. Mm -hmm. I was running the nightclub, a restaurant, two hotel condominium properties, another restaurant, building homes, um, and dealing with with, um, the ins and outs of the the, the cartels being in our town and having Mm. kind of taken over. So that was my life. Now, your husband was doing it too, that you were both doing this. We were both together in in this, and we uh-huh. both grew it. His background was public relations, and he had been in the nightclub previous nightclub industry previously, and um, and then I was doing kind of a lot of things. I spoke fluent Spanish. I do design, um, and so I was managing the day to day operations. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, yes, that all does seem <laughs> overwhelming. So then the two of you decided to get out. Yes. And there was 
There was an incident one night on a New Year's Eve when I turned around and I saw somebody had a gun to the head of my manager and my manager was on the ground and I said, how did this become my life? Oh, wow. And I looked at him and said, I can't do this anymore. And within about a month and a half, uh, we were back in the States and we had been looking at property, but we were hoping to get close everything up down there and then come back. And that's not the way that life presented it Mm -hmm. to us. We ended up kind of doing everything in reverse with the priority being our safety. And so we just made it happen. So we ended up moving back here to California and ultimately ended up selling the businesses and our home and everything else. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Took years. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, well. (laughs) And, And so then what kind of work were you doing? Well, I came back and I realized that I kind of had PTSD, or I did, Mm. and I was, it took me a long time to wind down from what was a slow-growing kind of daily terror, honestly, Mm. and so when we purchased the house, um, the a, a gentleman came over, the guy actually who built the house, and he mentioned something about his wife having horses, and I said, take me to her. <laughs> and so he did. He, we jumped in his truck. We drove around the corner. I met his wife, who actually is now one of my best friends, um, eight years later. Hmm. And I started riding, and I fell in love with horses and riding and the solace that I found um, at the barn and with the animals. And that was a beginning piece of my journey back to myself because Mm -hmm. within a few months I had this undeniable feeling that I needed to have a horse and it terrified me because I'm not a a very I I am a committed person who can make commitments but I don't have children and I don't have dogs and I'm very thoughtful about what I add into my life and horses the first thing I did was look up how long they live and they can live (laughs) to be over 30 years old and I thought my god like that's a big responsibility (laughs) like what are you doing but it was a feeling that wouldn't go away and I assume that women feel that when they want to have a child and it was this need and so I actually it was a dreamhorse.com and I found this horse I looked at his photo I got this incredible I got a shock in my heart when I looked at the photo and I said that's my horse and so he ended up being my horse and his name is Tuxedo and he is uh, one of he's a master teacher and healer and I have stories in my book that include him so that was I would say that was my life before um, before I, I, before everything happened to change okay. it drastically. Okay. okay, so now we come to the time when everything changed. So tell us about that. Yeah, so living back in California, well, he actually, he inspired me to uh, create an apparel line, a clothing line. So it was called Horse Worship. And so I used fine art photography, and I wrote poetry, and I used these beautiful images on fashion t-shirts, and I created something that didn't exist in the market before, and it really touched people, and I sold in stores all over the country, and uh, got a lot of press, and I, I loved it, and I uh, donated portions of the proceeds to Return to Freedom, Wild Horse Sanctuary out in, in um, Lompoc, and I did that for about five years, and my husband at the time, he 
his background really is the, the hospitality industry. And so he was looking for something uh, simultaneously and ended up uh, getting into some businesses up in Ojai. Wait, is this the hotel. same husband? Or are we talking about There's it? only one husband. husband. Oh, okay. There's <laughs> probably going to be right. one husband. So All right, go ahead. Because you just said that he's my now ex, or. <laughs> well, no, but you had said before that he was into PR, that his background was PR, so I didn't know if you were talking about the same man. Yeah, public relations, and so public relations for hospitality based uh-huh. businesses, let's put it that way. Okay. To, be, to clarify. And so. He, we were having d- difficulties in our marriage at the time, and, and I didn't feel in my gut that taking on a restaurant bar was the greatest healing uh, situation, but he wanted to do that, and so he did, and then uh, the hotels came, and he, there was, so there were 60 rooms in two hotels, and I ended up running those with him, and kind of my business, the the clothing line fell to the wayside. And so that was a bit sad for me, but such is life. And, you know, we do what we need to do. And so I devoted myself to uh, those businesses and our growing, you know, employees. We had 64 employees across the three businesses, and that was that was my daily life. Um, it was not my dream. My dream. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, and I knew that, and that was sitting somewhere deep inside of me. And uh, at one point, so let's see, 2015, my mom uh, passed away. I got a call. I had just been out to see her. She's in New Jersey, and she'd been suffering with breast cancer for over 17 years mm. and on and off, and it had t- turned into bone cancer. And so she was suffering greatly, and I'd just been to see her, and I was going through, I just had gone to my gynecologist who started her exam by putting her hand on my throat and saying, do you know you have a lump on the right side of your neck? <sighs> and I was like, no, I you know, didn't know that. So I started all this testing while my mom was in the last stages of her, oh, wow. you know, like last couple of weeks of her life. So I didn't share that with my mom because I knew that, you know, I, I didn't know anything for sure and there was no point. So... I did get the call. I'd just been out there. Then I got another call as soon as I got home that she was in a coma. So I rescheduled my biopsy from California mm. to New Jersey, flew back out to, see, to, see, to be with her. And I watched her, the life go out of her body over a three-day period, which was a really miraculous experience. Um, and I wish that, that people were educated. I wish that I had been educated on how this all went. But it was really incredible, and I kept getting this message, do you understand how short life is? And I would say to myself, yes, I, I do. And, um, but I knew in my heart that I didn't. And it kind of was giving me this perspective of my whole life. And really what it was saying was, you're not where you're supposed to be but I wasn't ready mm. to, to move. And so after she passed away, she passed away at 1 o'clock in the morning. 8 o'clock that morning, I was at the hospital getting a biopsy. My aunt insisted on taking me. So there, mm. you know, I'm doing that, and that was kind of surreal. Go through the funeral, come home to California, and the next day I get a phone call from the doctor, and it's the are you sitting down phone call, which just really made me laugh, honestly, because it was so cliche, Mm -hmm. and you know know what's going to be said, and 
so she told me that the two lumps that I had on my vo- um, were on my vocal cord, um, but it was thyroid cancer, and that I needed to have surgery, clearly, and that was it. So I hung up with her, and I got up, and I went to go see my horse. Mm. And I just, that's what I continued to do. Everything changed for me in that moment. It was like my vision became clearer. I was in another dimension. Nothing in my life was the same. And all I wanted to do was live. I was like, I'm going to live. That's it. Mm. And Mm. I just felt that by going out and being with him, that was the best thing for me that I could do. And so after that, I had the surgery, and what they did was they stretched the vocal cord in order to take off the tumors, and so Mm -hmm. the vocal cord was paralyzed, which is common and happens, and if you can hear my voice a little bit, it's a a bit warbly. I had to wait for another surgery to put an implant next to my vocal cord to push it over so it could interact with the other one, Uh but there was a period of time that I had. It was about six or eight weeks where I could not really speak. My breath was very, I would say a sentence, and I couldn't catch my breath. My throat hurt. Um, It was exhausting until I had the surgery to to kind of move everything back together. And it was during that time that I was still trying to keep up with my life. I was still trying to show myself that I was okay and other people that I was okay. And so I was texting and calling and emailing and, you know, doing everything that I thought I needed to be doing. And I mm. was exhausted. I got exhausted and I shut down. I had to stop talking. And I'm a talker. I even in grade school, I got the notes home from the teachers, <laughs> like Pamela doesn't shut up and all that kind of thing. So, <laughs> you know, it was very hard for me. And so, but I finally had to just stop and so I did, and I also stopped going into the office. I took, I just said, you need to let your body recover from this, mm-hmm. and that was it. So during that period, I got very quiet, and then my husband's mother passed away. Ah, uh, and now we hear the music, so we're going to have to leave our listeners on a cliffhanger for the next <laughs> part of the story. My guest is Pamela Robbins. You can hear she's pretty amazing. Her book is called Meditating with Animals, How to Create More Conscious Connections with the Healers and Teachers Among Us. And we are getting there, starting with her horse, Tuxedo. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the Terrorism Hotline. 
And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest today is Pamela Robbins. Her book is called Meditating with Animals, How to Create More Conscious Connections with the Healers and Teachers Among Us. And we left on a cliffhanger, which was uh, where Pamela was in the midst of her uh, really challenging, I love that euphemism, challenging, horrendous uh, time after her mother's death, her own diagnosis and surgery for cancer. And we are just about to get to the next um, incident. Go ahead. Yeah, and it was interesting how relentless life was with me um, because I was not going to move or change. And so it just, everything kept happening in quick succession. And mm. I knew that at the time. And there was, there was just, I was not ready. So, um, I, so my vocal cord is paralyzed. I, I'm, I'm very quiet at this point, um, just waiting for the next surgery. And I, as I said, I found out my then husband's mom passed away. She was in her 90s. He flew out to Chicago. And I'm just home. I'm home kind of just taking care of myself and recovering. And it was during that week that he was gone that I made a discovery that he was making choices that, shall we say, were outside of our marriage. And um, it was a discovery that I actually witnessed happening um, on, a, on the computer in front of me. And it was, it was, it was perfect because I felt a stabbing in my heart. Um, and then I also realized it was a gift. Um, uh, at a time when I was like, really, <laughs> like you're going to, this is, this is, this is for real. And it was so real. I was down on my, on the floor of my office in child's pose and I said to myself, you cannot get up off this floor until you, may, you know, until you decide that you are going to change your life and then mm. you can look yourself in the mirror again you know, and have self-respect. And so so you, after having spent these years in Mexico and worked you know, like crazy to try to stay on top of everything and then coming back here to California and um, doing really what he wanted you to do, which was helping him in this hotel and, and um, hospitality business and so on, um, not what you wanted to do, which was your horse worship clothesline and, and so on. And uh, so you basically turned your life over to, to make him happy, and then you discover, I presume, uh, uh, dalliances, right? Yes, yes. And so, yes, that, and, and after just having gone through your mother's death and your own surgery, I mean, yes, that, that is life, um, standing up and, and kind of trying to give you a signal. So, 
then you uh, were sitting on the floor and you decided? I said, that's it. And I got up and I actually jumped into what was a live conversation and I said... (gasps) You mean you, um, I, I know mean, who, literally, it was, it was, I didn't quite know what you meant happening in front well, of you, but what happened was, you, were, you know, I told you I get downloads, right? So I'm walking, you know, he didn't answer the phone, and I was, that night when I was going to say goodnight, and I was walking back to my bedroom, and I got this download, this message, this information that said, don't make a, a left to the bedroom, make a right into the office. And I did. And this is a part of the story that I don't really share in my book because I feel like I didn't want to bring all these details into the book, but it's, it is my story and I, and I have no problem, you know, sharing it now. And so mm-hmm. what happened was I just moved the mouse on the computer and up came a live conversation between him and someone I knew, a customer, uh, someone a customer you knew. at my restaurant. Uh. And um, so I... As I said, I felt I got a stabbing in my heart, and at the same time, I knew it was a gift. So I just kind mm-hmm. of gained my composure, if you will, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I jumped into the conversation. And I said, you know, you are not coming home, and you are not stepping foot into my restaurant ever again. And, you know, and that was it. And that is exactly what happened. And so... Wow, that's like a scene from a movie. Okay. <laughs> oh, there's so much more. But anyway, so, I, so after that, I was down on the floor, and I, I knew that I had to change, and I was terrified. I was like, I don't even know what this means. I don't know if I can um, do this. I don't, I just, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. And so in the ensuing weeks, I realized that um, he was not going to leave me in peace to heal. Um, let's just put that that way. And I had to make another choice. And I made a choice to leave my home. I moved. I rented another house. And uh, he agreed to put our house up for sale. And that we, we continued to work together for a while until we got the businesses sold. But I moved. And then that house a few months later went up for sale. And then I had to move again. And so I just kind of found myself not being able to find the peace to heal. And I knew that it didn't have to do with my surroundings. I knew that it had to do with me. And so it didn't matter what was going on around me and my life and, and everything. It was the storm is out there and the peace was, was, within, mm-hmm. was, was within me. And that's ultimately what I found. So during all of this, I had radioactive iodine treatment, um, which really is you drink this stuff and you drink radioactive iodine and then you go into quarantine for a few days. Mm-hmm. And it was during that time where... Um, my brain was literally shutting down. It could not process all these changes, everything that was happening. And I lost Mm -hmm. my support system or what Mm -hmm. I thought was my support system. Mm -hmm. So my mother was no longer there. um, And I talked to her every day, sometimes several times a day. And my husband wasn't there anymore. It was me and my cats. And my, a lot of my friends were in uh, about a half hour away um, in the Calabasas area. So, I, I just felt like um, pretty isolated and I tend to isolate myself. So I just went into that mode. And so during the treatment, I was laying in bed and I just, I couldn't move and I couldn't think and I couldn't, I couldn't feel. I was numb and my brain, it was like a computer just shutting down. And I could, from a higher perspective, I saw that I needed to just allow this process to happen. 
Mm-hmm. And so I would go into a deep meditative state and just stare into space in front of me, and then I would fall asleep. And then I'd wake again, and I would just stare into space, and then I would fall asleep. And my cats were on me, and they, were, they had created a protective barrier. Um, my three cats, Sophie, Sylvester, and Kitten, and I was so grateful for their presence and the fact that they would not leave me. And at one point I woke up and I, I looked down and, and I was in this kind of trance and I saw the energetic exchange that was happening between myself and them. Mm. And I thought, oh my God, how hard they are working to heal me. Mm. And what can I do when I'm stronger to be able to return this healing energy to them so that they don't get depleted, so that they don't get sick, so that I don't take away their health. They were working so hard. And so in that moment, a seed was planted. And it was a few months later that, again, I got a download of information. I never saw myself writing a book. Um, I... Not in a, you know not this kind of book, uh, but what happened was they gave me, I and I believe now that it came from them, but through all of the animals and in in the form of meditating with animals and the animal method, which is what is in the book, and the animal method is uh, I'll tell you about that in a minute, but. The concept is, is a consistent recycling of energy so that neither one of us gets depleted. And all of the activities, the meditations, the in-the-moment um, exercises are all things that they are already doing with us that they would like us to do with them. So it's, and they kept it very simple. So Could I'll you uh, yeah, describe that a little more? Okay. So what they gave me was the animal method. And the word animal is, it's like, it's the acronym for, and this is how the book is set up. So each letter of the word animals makes up a chapter heading in the book. So A is for awe, N is to notice, I is in the moment, M is to meditate, A is to allow, L is love, and S is to stay. And the meditations that they gave me, I made them fun, like the everything but the kitchen sink meditation, the let go and let them meditation, the walk on the wild side meditation. Um, and what, what these are, are exercises that bring us into the present moment and allow us to give them the gift of our time, our intention, and our attention. And in that way, we are filling them up. And then they naturally fill us back up because that's what they do. They're in a constant state of navigating our energy and our needs. And what what would you say to somebody who said, "Oh, um, how do they know my needs? How do how do I know they? What are they doing that shows me that they're trying to fulfill my needs?" Because when you have, it, it's the same with people. It's what they're. They're basically navigating their universe and their world based on energy and vibration. And that's, how, that, that's their survival instinct. And if we're what's walking into their energetic field and we walk into, say, our house and we're carrying with us our stress and our tension, they feel that. Mm-hmm. If we're sick, they feel that. There's so many stories about now, of course, you know, as I've written this and people are sharing their stories with me of animals taking on illnesses. Um, And, you Mm -hmm. know, one of the vets that I spoke with said that, you know, our health and the way that we take care of ourselves is the best preventative medicine for our animals. Hmm. So, 
It's, it's being conscious of what we're bring, bringing to them, even as if you would, would to a person. And so what, what I talk about a lot is animals as our, as our spiritual partners. They're not just pets. They've evolved. Their roles have evolved in, in our lives. And they've become a very important part of our daily lives in ways that they were not before. And why do you think that there's this change? I mean, do you think it's more that we're just more aware of, of these things or that yes. something has changed in our world that, that they've needed to take on these things? I think, I think it's both. I think that, that our, our need for the... I think, I think it's a, an organic um, process that's happening, but that you know, we have all of these things happening in the world around us and that we're finding you know, solace and companionship in them. And unconditional love um, is really one of the greatest gifts and, and of all, and we find that with them. And it's a, it's a very special and important thing. And, you know, you mentioned online dating and, you know, the, the, I think in the, in the intro and, you know, and all of that. And, you know, now being out in that world and everything, it's, it is, it's a crazy world out there. And so, you know, you come home and you've got this being uh, with you who is, is your safety, your security, your, your solace. Your, they mean so many things to us. And they teach us constantly. Um, and so it's really, they, I think their roles have just evolved and we've wanted them to evolve. And now people are, you know, we take them everywhere. We, we do things with them that we weren't, you know, didn't do before. And I think that they have become a greater part of our lives because mm. we needed them to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, can you, were you referring to um, a story or more stories um, when you were talking about how animals take on our illnesses, um, or, or I, for us, I guess is what you meant. Can you tell us that the stories that led you to believe that? Um, well, personally, and this is kind of odd, but it's true. I, I had so my thyroid, as I told you about my cat Sophie, who I had for 15 years, had a thyroid condition and had radioactive iodine treatment. Huh. Um. I just spoke with someone was the that, other day. Was that after who, after you were diagnosed or before? Before, before. So I and the doctor couldn't tell me how long my condition had had been. So we didn't know if I'd had it for years and then. Well, I, clearly I'd had it for some time. Uh, oh, but so we it was hard know. to know which which came first, you or your cat. Well, she had she had her uh, treatment about two years or year and a half prior to my discovering mine, mm. and I never knew I had a thyroid condition. It was a freak discovery. I changed doctors and I did an exam, and that's how she found it. So mm-hmm. I may not have discovered it ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very fortunate. Um, another friend uh, who I shared, shared her story with me the other day, a woman with horses, cancer, um, and her horses died of cancers. Um, and so there's just, there's been, I, I have so many, and I've written a, several of them uh, in, the, in the book as well, and also them detecting cancer um, or other illnesses too. Uh, so there's, there's a lot going on in, in, in their connections with, with us. So are you saying that, that, uh, that because, because we have this exchange, this energy exchange, 
with our animals, um, that that would be why we are circulating the same kinds of illnesses? Or I thought maybe you were saying that, um, and maybe this is true in some cases, that, that the animals take, let's say, cancer or whatever the illness would be that we would have or we would have had, and they um, come down with it instead of us, like sacrifice themselves for us. I've, those are stories that I've, I've read about, yes. Um, and there have been books that have been written about that. And I'm actually meeting with someone on Friday who has a, sh- a story to share with me about that exact experience. So, hmm. um, and I do believe just from my own personal experience that it, perhaps, that uh, and I and I I am open to believing that that's true. That that in an you know an act of compassion um, that she was t- trying to take away mm-hmm. what it was that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a pretty big coincidence. And and as you hear stories, um, you can you'll see that there are, there are coincidences. I think so much so that people are kind of stunned by how. Um, that could possibly be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's so much that we don't understand, I think, still, yes. with regard to that subject. Well, good. This is a good place to um, break, um, because when we come back, let's talk a little bit more about some of the techniques that you use in meditating with animals. Um, my guest is Pamela Robbins. Her book is called Meditating with Animals, How to Create More Conscious Connections with the healers and teachers, teachers among us. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, and we will be right back. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. I'm sure by now you're all as enthralled with um, Pamela Robbins, my guest, as I am, and her stories. Um... And her book is uh, is certainly something um, 
that seems very, I, I certainly know that I want to re- read it. Um, I have one dog, right, currently I have one dog, two cats, and two horses. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have a lot of, of, of living things to meditate with. Um, so the book is called Meditating with Animals, How to Create More Conscious Connections with the Healers and Teachers Among Us. So um, why don't you uh, give us some examples. I know you mentioned some of the names of, of techniques, but if you could sort of give us some examples of, um, why, don't we, why don't you start with the horse, because I'm particularly interested in, uh, mm-hmm. in knowing. Pamela um, does three-day eventing, which is, uh, a horseback riding competition where the first day you do dressage, the second day you do cross-country jumping, and the third day you do stadium jumping. And uh, we, we're talking off the air, and we've both gone to some of the same places to compete. And um, so I would like to know, <laughs> I would like a crash course on how to meditate with my horse to get him to win a ribbon. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you because that's exactly what happened um, for me. I to, Clearly, I needed to take some time off of riding, competing, and training throughout that period of time when, when my life was uh, rearranging itself. Uh-huh. And so I... I just, what I did was I just allowed my horse to rest and I would go and brush him and we would go for long walks and I took care of him in other ways and we connected more deeply during that period as well. Mm -hmm. And I got to know him a a little bit better, uh, probably in in, in ways that I would normally not have had I just been in in, in the same routine, which I had been for about six years. So I got to know him, as they say, on the ground and more as a companion and a friend and a teacher and a healer. And he, he and I, so I, the, I'm going to tell you about the everything but the kitchen sink meditation because mm-hmm. this is really one of my favorites and, and it's, it, I do this with him every day. And, the, and one of the beautiful things about the meditations in the book are once you read it, you kind of absorb all of the information and you can combine the meditations uh-huh. And, and what that does is it just, it, it gives you lots and lots of ways to, we go in and out of being in the present moment. They're always in the present moment, and that's our challenge. But these things are fun. So what I do with him is, like, let's say I, I'm out on the trail with him, and I sing to him, and I notice that his ears are moving to the things that I'm saying. I pay attention to, I'm combining, I'm going to combine two meditations here for you. The walk Mm -hmm. on the wild side meditation and the everything but the kitchen sink meditation. So what I'm doing is I'm noticing, it's his walk. I am on his walk. He's not on my walk. Mm-hmm. Yes, we, you know, we have a destination. But during that period of time, I am paying attention in great detail to what he's paying attention to. So what is he looking at? What is he smelling? What's caught his, what's caught his eye? What are his ears listening to? I'm talking to him. I, maybe I make up a song for him. I'm engaged with him 100%. And it's truly my pleasure to be in that state with him because it creates this very, very deep connection and it, and, it, and it takes you almost into another dimension. So when I went to that horse show, I was telling you off the air, we hadn't competed in about a year, maybe more, um, had still been doing some very, very light training, mostly on our own. 
And my, my trainer friend said to me, let's go do the show. I said, okay, great. We'll go camping for three days and we'll have fun and it'll, it'll, just, it'll just be fun. But I'm very competitive and so is he and he loves to be seen and shown. And so, and I know that about him. And so when I got there, I saw he was, he was there to, he was there to win. Mm-hmm. And so I talked to him on the way from the barn to down to the competition arenas. I would tune in with him and I would say, I am going to guide you and, you know, this is my job and your job is, you know, to be, you know, to, I will point you at this jump and I just need you to go over it. And I would be very specific and I would visualize with him and I would tell him how I was going to work and what, and what my job was and what his job was. And I would connect with him in that way. So our energy, our, our words carry our energy. And so I was, my words were holding his attention. I could tell he was, mm. he was listening to me. He was with me. I was visualizing. So we were connected, and we got down there. And I will tell you, he did not make a misstep anywhere that, that, that entire weekend. And I just, you know, when I was putting on his, his saddle and I was, I was telling him what we were going to do, I was in constant communication with him. And I never told him, you know, I want to win and we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. It was just all about our connection and being, mm. and being together as partners fully and completely. And I was also really doing that show for him. I, would, I told him that this was my gift to him for being, you know, for helping me, for having been patient in my life and how much I appreciated him because I know how much he loves to compete and I know how much he loves to go to the shows. It's very important to him. He mm-hmm. has a big ego. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you recognize these things and you can find ways, you know, I, I had to take four days, you know, I had to stop my life for four days to go to a show. It's kind of a big deal. You know, it's, um, mm-hmm. and I, I was like, this is not about me. This is about him. So I made I, I really wanted him to know how much I cared about him and he like helped me study my dressage test. Like I have pictures on my Instagram of him, you know. He was very serious about all of this. He knew we were going and um so that's the kind of connection that I have with him and the everything but the kitchen sink meditation is really just that. It's it's talking, it's singing, it's um I tell him stories. Whatever I'm doing it is, it is to engage him and to be with mm. him. I'm not on my phone. I'm not talking to other people. I'm not, you know, I'm not distracted. It is mm. all about that deep connection. The walk on the wild side meditation is just that you do with your dog. If you're out with your dog, it is your dog's walk and you are on his walk or you become your dog. You embody their experience. So you kind of take it into a different level and enjoy what they're enjoying or you see what they're afraid of or what they don't want, what they do or don't want to do. Maybe they don't even want to go on a walk. What else do they want to do? What can you think of? What can you offer to them? How can you help them to, to do what they need or you need them to do if they need to go out? But those are the kinds of things that in the moment we can, instead of, you know, just having our agendas on the table. Mm-hmm. It's about them and, and, and their needs and just mm-hmm. taking a moment to maybe drop our own expectations and allow for them to have their own and fulfill those needs. And that makes us feel really It makes them feel really good and honored. 
and it makes us feel really good for having honored them. And it's uh-huh. a small thing. So then I, I talk about, I'll give you another one, the let go and let them meditation. And I love this one, and this is one I teach at workshops. Um, I have friends that have rescue ranches, and I'm doing an, I have an upcoming workshop, a women's circle that I'm doing, and I'll do the let go and let them meditation, which is before we go and engage with all the animals, we let go of, and this can be before you walk into your home at night or if you say before you go to the barn. Wherever you're going to go, where you're going to meet your animals, just take a moment to breathe and to drop whatever you can. We can't drop everything. But just being, having these moments of, of being in our bodies and saying hello to our bodies and what we're going through and the things we carry with us and just acknowledging that and taking a breath and saying, you know, I'm okay, it's okay, I'm going to leave this here for right now, and I'm uh-huh. going to go enjoy my, my animal, and I'm going to allow them to experience the best me that I can be in this moment, you know? And so we try to let go of what we're carrying, and then that makes us conscious of it, and then that helps them. And I talk a lot to my animals they do experience our energy, but I do talk with my horse a lot, talk with my cats a lot. I tell them what's going on. So if there's anything that's not clear to them, you know, I say, this is what's happening and this is what I'm doing about it to, to change it. Or maybe I can't do anything right now and I just need to cry, but you don't need to always be healing me. I'm, hmm. I'm going to let this stuff go. And so I'm actively involved in a deeper relationship with them, understanding that we are in a relationship and just that they're not experiencing. You know, we, we, we all, like you said, go through so much in a day and, you know, in our, in our daily lives. And there they are, you know, experiencing what we're experiencing, but, but they don't really know why it's happening. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm in this constant communication of trying to share with them. And, and, I, and also I have a friend who is a, a psychic and she's wonderful and she explained to me about spiritual agreements. There are reasons why animals come into our lives. They're spiritual partners. They're, they're our soulmates. Um, and we do have agreements with them about how we're going to live our lives and have our experiences together. And those agreements can always be rearranged. Um, and I had this happened with Tuxedo. He got very sick about a week ago, and he hasn't been sick in the seven years I've, I've had him. And I had to look at what my role in that was, and I made a lot of connections, and she said to me, you need to let him know that you understand what he's trying to tell you, and mm-hmm. you need to create a new spiritual agreement with him. And I did that and I also I have a lot of um, friends that follow all of our stories and our things that we do and so I read I had hundreds of messages on Facebook for him and I read him every single I read every person's name and I read every message to him and the magic that happened in that room was something I wish I had been able to capture Uh because I did I did hands-on healing I read him those messages I talked to him about our agreements I released him of his responsibility to continue to heal me at this point. Um, and when I, I left about 2 o'clock in the afternoon and went back about 9 o'clock at night, and his turnaround was miraculous, and even huh. the doctors uh, made note of that. And so 
I, I believe in all of these things. So the, you know, it's, not, it's not that we're not doing these things. It's being, I think, going a little bit deeper and, and raising our own awareness and being that much more conscious. And maybe there are things that we can find, even if we pick a few of them, to benefit the healing and, and the wellness factor between the well, both of us. Well, that all sounds wonderful. And I, I, um, I mean, I know that it's uh, true. You know, I, I mean, I, I talk to my horse and all of that, but, you know, you're making me realize, but not, probably not as deep, as, at, as, at a, as deep a level as I could and should all the time. Um, and because sometimes, like, I'll be grooming him and talking to other people and maybe not really paying attention to him or things like mm-hmm. that. But I had an example just the other day where he was, we were doing a, practicing dressage because we're going to be going to this competition. Uh, and he was really kind of, it was like he had never done dressage before in his life. And I said, uh, <laughs> I told him, you know, we're going to be going to a show in a little bit. And, um, well, I said, and, and you, I know you want to win a <laughs> ribbon <laughs> projection, anyone. <laughs> I want to win a ribbon. Um, and so, you know, we really have to kind of get with the program here. <laughs> and yeah. that, those, aren't, those aren't necessarily the gentlest, uh, but, yeah, but um, you know, I said, you know, I, we're, we're, we have to do this for real in a show very soon. So, and sure enough, after I had that little talk, um, he did smarten up, and uh, he did do a lot better. So, yes, it is true. Let me tell people again the name of your book. This is a, oh, God, I'm, I have got to get this. And I'm sure, you know, whatever anyone is going through, anybody who's listening to this is going through, whether it's just stress from daily life or specific problems or illness or whatever, uh, you need to get a pet, first of all, and then you need to get this book. Um, Pamela Robbins is the author, my guest. Thank you so much. And the name of the book, again, is Meditating with Animals, How to Create More Conscious Connections with the Healers and Teachers Among Us. Well, Pamela, this is all wonderful. And thank you, uh, thank you so much. And I wish you lots of success with this book. It's really, it should be in every home, quite frankly. Um, so Thank you. So, uh, so thank you again, and thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 